Welcome to Building the Future, hosted by Kevin Horick. With millions of listeners a month, Building the Future has quickly become one of the fastest rising programs with a focus on interviewing startups, entrepreneurs, investors, CEOs, and more. The radio and TV show airs in 15 markets across the globe, including Silicon Valley. For full showtimes, past episodes, or to sponsor the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Doug Hirsch. He's the co-founder and co-CEO at GoodRx. Doug, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. I, I think what you guys are doing at GoodRx is very much needed and, and really innovative and cool. But maybe before we get into that, let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up. Sure. I grew up in uh, suburban New York. Okay. Splitting time, actually, between uh, uh, Westchester County and New York City. Nice. Okay. So you went to university. What did you take and why? Well, um, I was one of those people who had no idea what I wanted to do with my life and um, basically um, found that political science held my interest the most because I liked to read the news and see what was going on in Washington. And so uh, I went into political science and that proved to have zero value once I graduated college. Okay, interesting. <laughs> why, why do you say that? Other than teaching, I'm guessing you, you don't you can't really use it. Is that what you mean? Uh, it makes great dinner table conversation, but uh, I don't necessarily want to be a politician. Sure. Uh, okay, fair and, enough. Um, yeah, so it's fun to read the news, but that's about it. Okay. So you get out of school. Walk me through your career with some career highlights along the way up until uh, GoodRx, and uh, how did you come up with the idea? Let's, let's stop there. Sure. Uh, so when I graduated uh, college, I did not want to be in politics and I had a political science degree. So sure. I uh, figured out what else can I do? And I, I really liked music. And so I went to Los Angeles to make a go of it in the uh, music business. And this was okay. long enough ago that uh, people actually, um, you know, bought CDs and you know, okay. it wasn't sort of the streaming world we live in now. Um, did that for a few years, realized it was not an industry that seemed to uh, treasure um, necessarily intelligence as opposed to sort of whatever was trendy. And so I applied to business school and we received a fax at one of my record labels from a company uh, that had just started called Yahoo. Interesting. So I, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is how long ago this was. So I, <laughs> I, uh, I, applied, I applied to work at Yahoo and I applied to go to uh, Stanford Business School. Um, I was accepted at uh, Stanford and then I thought, that I would work there for about a month or two before, uh, sorry, that I would work at Yahoo for a month or two and then just go off to Stanford like a, like a good child, as my mom had told me to do, and then realized the day I got to Yahoo that I was hiring MBAs. I literally started, they said, go hire a bunch of people, and every one of them was MBAs, and I thought, well, maybe I should stick around here because um, it just seems to me like uh, you know, two years in business school wouldn't necessarily be a good investment of my time. Interesting. Okay, so you were at Yahoo for a number of years, Walk me through that journey into Facebook up until GoodRx. Sure. So when I started Yahoo, I, I was, I don't remember my actual number, but let's just say around uh, in the first 30 employees. And, wow. Uh, Very early um, on. Wow. Very cool. <laughs> and uh, you know, we, I was a product manager and uh, nobody really knew what that was because the internet okay. was pretty new. I had, I had done some programming on AOL's proprietary platform, but sure. uh, there really wasn't, it was sort of a new job and I think I had a pulse. And so they thought, well, maybe this guy can do it. <laughs> and, and so I, uh, I, you know, at, at, at Yahoo, if you remember, Yahoo was really a collection of websites, right? Yep. It was a bunch of links. It was totally. Jerry and David, David's guide to the web. And um, so I sort of showed up there and said, well, this is, this is great, but what about signing people up and actually allowing people to chat with each other and, and, and you know, in, in about interests or, or local areas. And so I, um, I built Yahoo Chat. I built wow. Yahoo Message Boards product. That's very uh, I cool, built anything man. Involving some, <laughs> thank you. I built anything involving someone kind of signing up and using Yahoo for anything. Um, very cool. Yahoo Groups. And um, it was a great, great experience uh, working at Yahoo. I got to touch a whole bunch of products. You know, every three months we were launching something else. Usually our products were, you know, the most popular of their kind on the internet. Sure. Um, then I turned 30 and I had promised my now wife that I would program on a world worker. So I, 
we, I quit Yahoo and traveled around the world for six months with my wife. Um, and then uh, realized I was moving to LA because that was sort of our life plan. And Yahoo at the time had just acquired Launch, which was run by uh, Dave Goldberg. Um, sure. And uh, if you're familiar with Dave, Dave now yeah. passed away, but uh, with Cheryl Sandberg's husband. And, um, you know, they, they said, well, why don't you help Dave run Yahoo Music? Because I had a, that music industry experience. Um, I said, well, Dave seems perfectly capable of running music, but um, what else are you guys doing in entertainment? And they said, well, not much. And so I, I basically ran Yahoo Movies for about four years. Which, Very cool. If you can imagine back in, if you can imagine back in 2001, studios actually did not use the internet to drive people into the theater. They, you know, they still put newspaper ads in, and and so it was kind of fun, kind of creating an industry <laughs> from scratch, where where we we literally I can imagine sitting with studio marketing departments and saying, if you actually put stuff on the internet, people will then go to see a movie. And That's so that wild, was kind of a right? fun experience. Yeah, exactly. No. I mean, in ret- interesting. Okay. No, no, you keep going. In Sorry. Ret- in retrospect, it seems so obvious a lot of this stuff, but <laughs> at the time, it was like pulling teeth. People are like, you know, I'm used to putting full-page ads in the paper on Friday to get sure. people to go to the movie. Why would I put a trailer on the internet? And uh, anyway, but uh, it was a it was a great experience. Um, in 2005, I, I I left Yahoo after about 10 years um, because I had fallen in love with Facebook, which at the time was basically just you had to have a .edu email address. It was not available to the general public. Sure. Um, and again, it was a situation where there were about 20 people. And um, I joined Facebook as the head of product, uh, working directly from Mark. Um, cool. And it was, it was a great, if brief experience. I, I met my future co-founder there. I worked with incredible people, most of whom were uh, a little more than half my age. And um, it was just a great uh, odyssey of watching something on a, on a meteoric rise. You know, we built, we conceived and built Facebook photos. We, we invented uh, photo tagging. Uh-huh. Uh, the other guys. And it was, it was just a, a incredible experience. You know, we forget now that at the time we were terrified of tiny little companies that have since uh, don't exist, but it was, it was this um, uh, incredibly competitive environment where we were like, how do we get out? How do we, you know, make sure that we become uh, the social uh, network of choice? Wow. Um, Wild. Um, and, yeah, and it was a lot of long days and, and long nights. But um, ultimately, I, I decided to leave Facebook. Um, and uh, then I started uh, my first company, which was a company called Daily Strength, uh, which was uh, kind of taking everything I'd done at Facebook with college students and bringing it to uh, the healthcare and, and sort of um, uh, just, I'd call it the slightly older generation world, where we, we brought together communities around topics from everything from divorce, bereavement, cancer, uh, rare diseases, and tried to bring people together because at the time, I mean, it really wasn't a great place for people to go. Sure. Um, and I, I raised some money for that company and then sold it to uh, a company called ShareCare, which is a, a public company today. Very cool. And, um, and then got together with some, a friend of mine from Facebook and another friend who I met through my mother and uh, started to get our act. Very cool. So how did you come up with the idea for GoodRx, and what exactly is it? So, yeah, I am, you know, people like to think of me as a healthcare exec or something, but the reality is, is as, as I just told you, I'm, I'm really more of a, a tech geek. Sure. Um, I, uh, I had the experience, after I sold Daily Strength, of going to a pharmacy down here in Los Angeles, walking sure. in with a prescription in hand, and the, and the pharmacist said it'll be 450 bucks. Wow. And I didn't really need the prescription. My doctor just kind of said, well, you know, Take it if you think it'll help you feel a little better. And so I, I took it back the prescription, and I took it to another pharmacy down the street, and they said three hundred bucks. Um, and I thought, well, that's better, you know. And, sure. that, and I, now I was curious, and I'm also cheap. <laughs> and so <laughs> I took it. I, I took it back, and I went to a third pharmacy where the pharmacist said, I, I forget the number. I think she said four hundred bucks. And then she chased me into the parking lot and said, Well, I know I spent four hundred, but maybe we can cut a deal here, and I'll give it to you for two hundred. Wow. And I, you know, I went back to both my friends and, and to Google and I just searched for, you know, drug prices and nothing came up. It was okay. just, there was just nothing there. Interesting. And so my friends and I uh, started to like poke at this and just say, well, does anyone know drug prices? You know, I just, everyone assumes there's a computer and a person with a white coat and you, you type something in and they get an answer. We actually went into pharmacies where they did have a price and we said, well, how'd that, how'd you get that price? And they said, we don't know. The computer just says it. Wow. <laughs> Fascinating. Um, and so that's where GoodRx began. Okay. So before we dive deeper into that, 
how how does it kind of work? Because I know there's like a drug fee, and then there's like a I could get the the thing wrong, but it's called like a fulfillment fee or something where the drug costs them a certain amount of money, and then just the pharmacist kind of actually filling the prescription for you costs money. How does that work? Um, is that a real <laughs> thing, or or walk me through that? Yeah, I'm not familiar with what you're describing there. I mean, it, it's all of healthcare in this country works uh, in sort of an irrational way. Okay. You, have, you sort of have to suspend common sense when you, when you start talking about the cost of healthcare in this country. Oh, because okay, sure. <laughs> I mean, you think, I think most Americans at this point kind of know this. It's, but in the same way you hear the story about the six thousand dollar band aid or the fifty five thousand know, dollar ambulance trip, right? It's, sure. Um, the cost, you know, normally we're, we're used to a world where a product is made for X dollars and sold for Y dollars, and there's a relationship between the two. Sure. In healthcare, that's not the case because you have a, you have a retail price, which is often set absurdly high okay. because of the complexity of insurance and the, and the relationship between the insurance and the healthcare provider. So okay. you know, let's pretend, pretend, for example, you're going to a, just a regular doctor visit, right? Yeah. So your insurance company says to the doctor, all right, you know, I'll give you 50 bucks for this visit or, or sorry, I, you know, I'll, I'll give you, you got to give me 80% off the cost. And so the doctor raises his cash price to whatever, call it $500, even though it's not necessarily a $500 cost because he has to honor his insurance contract. Right. Interesting. And so, yeah, so you end up with these outsized uh, and, 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 and wildly inflated prices. Um, and, you know, nobody used to care about this because we all used to have $10 copays and, you know, unlimited, uh, you know, uh, formularies and, and, you know, insurance used to cover everything. And then what happened over the last decade or so uh, is that insurance started to cut back because insurance companies were trying to make money and you can only make money two ways. Either you charge more or you cover less. And remember that, you know, insurance companies are often representing your employer or, you know, there's Medicare and Medicaid. But the punchline is, is that the American consumer is just paying so much more than they used to. Sure. And, you know, they, per- and they perceive it as the cost of uh, healthcare is going up, but it is going up. But more importantly, you're aware of what the cost is going up. Interesting. Okay. So for people that haven't heard of GoodRx, how does it work? Because you have a web version, some mobile version, and you have a discount card. How does it all work and, and play together? Yeah, so when we started GoodRx, our, our whole idea was basically, can we gather these prices and bring them all together and then show a consumer first and foremost what a drug should cost, right? And number two is show them various ways that they can save, uh, many of which, you know, they're really easy ways to save. You just don't know about them. Okay. Um, and so really think of us as an information resource or, or a utility, right, where okay. you, you know, your doctor hands you a prescription or, or says, I'm going to send a prescription to the pharmacy, and you can check it or X to see more or less what it'll cost. And then oftentimes you can see prices that are way less than you even pay with insurance. Wow. Um, and so, you know, we've got billions of prices in our database for every drug. We've got uh, – we can give you some information on insurance copay information. We can give you Medicare copays. We can tell you about patient savings programs. I mean, there's literally thousands and thousands of savings tips, um, but just most Americans just don't know, right? Because sure. it's not your job to know. And, you know, the doctor doesn't necessarily have time to talk about it. You, they write you a prescription, they move on, and you're stuck, you know, with that $500 drug that you, many Americans can't afford. No, fair enough. So how does it work? I go to the website or I, yeah. I search on the mobile app for a prescription or drug I need, and then, then yep. what happens? Sure. So it looks real simple to the consumer. Like we don't even ask for, you don't have to sign up. You don't have okay. to give us your personal information. You basically just start typing the name of a drug. You know, most drugs, as you can imagine, are impossible to spell. So we yeah. even spell it for you once you start typing in the gotcha. first three letters. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> then, <laughs> then we do a lot of fancy stuff that you don't see. So for okay. example, you know, um, one example, a lot of people know the brand name of the drug, but actually most Americans take generic drugs. About 90% of the drugs that are in this country are generic. Interesting. Um, and so we'll, fl- we'll flip you over to the generic. We'll then take you to the most common dosage form and quantity because, you know, if you said to me, oh, I take Lipitor, well, I need to know what dosage of Lipitor do you take and how many tablets of Lipitor do you take, right? Sure. Um, and so we'll, we'll, we'll try to figure out what you're actually taking because, of course, each drug has its own cost. Sure. Um, and then we'll do fancy things like try to figure out what your pharmacy is dispensing because, Remember, if it's a generic drug, there could be 30 manufacturers of that drug. 
And each one of them has a different cost. And every bottle has a different, like if you get the thousand count bottle, the pharmacy does, oh, or if you get wow. the hundred count bottle, they have different costs. So we're yeah, constantly analyzing information. Yeah, because we're trying to figure out, I mean, here's one that'll blow your mind. If you get a drug, the same amount of a drug, if you get 30 tablets, but if, it's, if your prescription is written for 30 days versus if it's written for 90 days, you'll yeah. pay a different price. Uh, <laughs> so, even though it's the exact same product. So we do a lot of fancy stuff under the hood. Um, and then in many cases, what ends up happening is a consumer will find that there's a, we call it a coupon. We sort of invented that term in the space okay. um, where a consumer can basically present this coupon instead of their insurance and get a price that is way lower than they would you know, even pay with insurance. Interesting. Okay. And then therefore their insurance cost or their employer's insurance cost doesn't rise every year either. Is, is that an oversimplification Correct. of what you guys are doing? I mean, that's, that's pretty close. Yeah. I okay. mean, it, it, you know, the, the challenge is, is, you know, remember, even if you're paying a $10 copay, which is happening less and less these days, sure. your employer is usually chipping in a whole bunch of money on top of that. And so right. let's just say, you know, the cost, the total cost of the drug between you and your employer could be 35 bucks. Okay. But if I give you a coupon for, to make it six and that's all in your cost, your employer pays nothing. That's kind of a win for everyone, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, totally. Uh, no, I, I think it's, it's fascinating. And I just thought of it. It's dispensing fee is what I was talking about earlier. And you kind of touched on it a second ago. But I'm curious to know, what is the discount card and how does it play into what we're talking about? Is it already done? Do I need to get my own card or how does that kind of work? Well, we offer a bunch of different programs. And unfortunately, okay. pharmacy remains more complicated than it should be. And sure. we've done as much as we can to make it simple. Okay. So what we do is we get discounts from a whole bunch of different places. Um, okay. And the best, the what lowest. Do, what do you mean by different places? Sorry, sorry to cut you off. Sure. Like the drug companies, yeah, um, the pharmacies, uh, both, or how does what is what do you mean by that? Actually, all of the above. Okay. Um, um, in some cases, pharmacies will mark down drugs um, because they choose to. So, for example, Walmart has a four and ten dollar list where they take a bunch of drugs gotcha. and they say, "We don't care if you have insurance or not; it's going to be four bucks." Gotcha. In which case, you just go to the pharmacy and you pay four bucks. You don't, you don't fill anything out. You don't need a coupon. You don't need anything. Sure. In other cases, um, manufacturers will provide these things called topo cards, where you know, this is often for brand drugs, where you might you might have a two hundred dollar bill for a drug, but a okay. manufacturer says, "Well, we'll subsidize your copay and make it zero. Um, so in that case, you have to get a, a coupon from the manufacturer. Gotcha. And in other cases, and the, if you go to GetRx and you see all these get free coupons, those are usually based on relationships that GetRx has established with insurance companies, okay. where they'll give you a similar amount of savings to what you'd have with insurance. Sure. Uh, just you don't need insurance. Interesting. Um, if, if that, that, that. No, it makes sense. And so those are, yeah, those are some of the places we get discounts from. Okay, and then. How do you guys monetize the platform? Sure. I mean, so what's funny about that question is, you know, we started GoodRx really out of, I'd call it a combination of curiosity and okay. a, a desperate desire to fix our very broken healthcare system. Sure. Um, and so we didn't go into this going, ooh, you know, with prescription drugs is a $4 billion market. We can, you know, we can take 5% of that. We really came to it more from like, can we help Americans just get this information? Um, sure. And so um, it's always awesome when people ask us how we make money. We do make money. Sure. But we kind of came to it, and all of our decisions are made at this company based on what's going to help Americans the most. Sure. And so that's, that's the lens we put toward everything. Now, that said, there is money to be made in healthcare. So, for example, we have a product called GoodRx Gold, okay. which is a subscription service. That, in this case, you pay GoodRx. You pay us about uh, 6 bucks. A month. Okay. And in return, we have a, an extra low set of prices that we've negotiated with pharmacies that um, you can get access to. We also run some of the pharmacy savings programs. So, for example, Kroger, which is the nation's largest grocery chain out sure. here in California, we know them as Ralph's. Right. Uh, we actually power a, a savings program for Kroger, people who go to Kroger, where they can save huge amounts of money. Some drugs are free, some are $3. Wow. Um, and that is a subscription product where we share in the subscription. Got you. And then um, we also run some programs for um, uh, uh, companies, such as insurance companies, who don't know how to – they need help showing members what their copays will be. Because believe it or not, I mean, when was the last time you actually logged into your insurance website and looked up what their copay is? It tends yeah, to not I, be a great experience. I, I don't think ever, <laughs> to be 100% <laughs> exactly. honest with you. <laughs> and so – 
we tried to give them some tools to do that a little better. Gotcha. And, then, um, and then we also have, yeah, some pharmacies will pay us referral fees and some drug manufacturers will pay us referral fees. But again, I, I just want to remind you that the, this all comes from the lens of we're going to do what's right for the customer first, sure. the American consumer. And if we can make some money along the way, great. Sure. Well, but you guys are saving people a ton of money, right? We are. We uh, we have saved Americans about ten billion dollars. Ten billion. Yeah. Wow. It'll be. And, and what? It just about eight years. Is that correct? Just over about, eight years. Um, yeah, around there, seven eight years. Wow, yeah. that's huge, man! Congrats on that. That's great. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's you know we've never needed this more than now, and I I, I look at this from the perspective of. You know, uh, there's so much um, wasted money in the in the system right now where people can't afford sure. their prescriptions, which leads to medical issues and they end up in the hospital. And, uh, you know, an emergency room is a much more expensive place to treat something than to just give someone a $5 drug. And yet, because of the way our system exists, oftentimes people see $150 for that $5 drug. And no one intended them to do that. It's just how the system works. And um, I just feel like we can really make a dent. In, I think it's. I think the number is about $300 million a year that's, that's wow. wasted, basically, based on people not taking their drugs because they can't afford them. Sure. Well, oh, no, I, I totally get the, you guys are saving people money, but you're right. If people don't take the drugs that they need to treat whatever they're dealing with, that's also a huge problem, and that's also a huge problem on the healthcare system, never mind just them personally, right? Yeah, you know, it's, we all want, you know, there's only one big pool of money that we all, we all, you know, have to tap into. And when, when, whether it's our government or our employer or ourselves, when we're all paying for emergency room visits and we're all paying for, you know, dialysis for someone who didn't yeah. treat the diabetes earlier on, um, that all comes from somewhere. And that means either everyone's premiums go up or roads and bridges don't get maintained. You got to make decisions. And healthcare is a huge chunk of our gross national, our gross domestic, uh, you know, spend at this point. And sure. I, I, you know, again, I think we can, by injecting some sort of regular consumerism into a healthcare system, just like we do with everything else. I mean, think about it. You don't buy plane tickets in this way. You don't buy TVs in this way. Yeah. If we can start to activate consumers to, to save a little bit of money and thus be able to get what they want, we can, I think we can really make a real impact on, on the state of healthcare and ultimately, you know, our budget as a country. Sure. Well, I think you, you already are working towards that, right? I, I, that's my opinion anyway. Um, but, but we are. Yeah. I mean, go ahead. Keep going. Sorry. No, I, I I mean, I I love what I do. I, 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 it's eight years now and I, I'm going to keep doing it for as long as I can because I just, we moved beyond, this isn't just, you know, a company trying to increase returns. It's, it's, it's a group of people trying to change the way Americans think about their healthcare because I think we're moving from being sort of passive consumers of healthcare where we just thought we had insurance and we didn't have to do anything. Yeah. to giving Americans the information they need so that they can make the right decision. Because it's only recently that, like, when you go to a doctor, has there even been a, a concept of discussing cost? It's always just been like, oh, I need a heart transplant? I'll just go to the hospital. And now, you know, for better or worse, Americans have to start thinking ahead. Otherwise, they could literally go bankrupt. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, wild. it's sad. Right? Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's very sad. So I, I want to dive a little bit deeper into... How do you guys work with businesses? Sure. Um, so there's a bunch of different ways we work with businesses. Okay. Um, maybe uh, one example is like what we talked about a few minutes ago, where we work with pharmacy chains sure. uh, to actually provide uh, discounted pricing. Okay. You know, think of it like a membership club, kind of like in the way Costco or some kind right. of membership club, where, where there's a, 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 a membership program. In some cases, okay. it might be free. In other cases, there might be a subscription. Okay. And where someone gets a, um, you know, gets a card, and then they present the card, and they get an incredibly low price. Kroger being the best example of that for us. Right. Um, we also work with, you know, for us, this whole thing started, gosh, way back in like 2013, that was a huge employer. Remember, we were just a bunch of kind of people screwing around here trying to figure this out. And we got a phone call from one of the nation's largest employers. And okay. they said, they said, Hey, it was the head of benefits of the company. And, and, and she said, Hey, all my employees keep asking me about this good or X thing. We, we, we want to do something with you. And we were like, Oh, <laughs> <You're like, laughs> sure? really, uh, yeah, we'd love to. And so, uh, you know, what we found out was employees, again, want to be able to afford their medications. It's, it's, 
you know, think about what happens when, when you show up at the, at the pharmacy and it's 500 bucks, you get mad at everybody. You sure. get mad at the pharmacy, you get mad at your health plan, and you get mad at your employer because, yep. you know, why, why, why do I have this crappy health plan that's charging me 500 bucks? And so we, we basically tr- try to provide tools that bring the same kind of actions that you're used to. You know, when you sign up for whatever, Instagram or Amazon or whatever, you know, sure. you're used to a certain cadence of, of emails and information that, that activate you to do something. Hey, save on this today. Or, or do that. that doesn't really exist in healthcare. It's, it's really, really sure. hard for people to communicate with their plan members. And so we're, we're trying to provide those same tools um, so that an employer can say to you, hey, you know, if you go to this pharmacy instead of that one, or if you choose this drug instead of that one, not only will you save us money, but you'll save yourself money. Um, and, you know, I, I think that's been traditionally really, really hard for healthcare to do. No, I 100% agree, right? I, I think people are, are creatures of habit, right? And they, if, they go, if they've been going to the same grocery store for years or decades, they just get their prescriptions filled at that pharmacy for better or worse, right? But if they know that using, you know, GoodRx.com, that they could potentially save a ton of money, they might go to the place next door or drive down the road or maybe even drive a few minutes away from where they traditionally go if they can save a ton of money, right? It's just kind of a no-brainer. Yeah, you know what's interesting is we've done a lot of uh, analysis of how people take drugs in this country. Okay. And it's fascinating stuff. I mean, sometimes you don't care about price. Look, if you've got a baby and, and the baby's got a 103-degree fever, sure. you're going to get the closest place you can. You just care if the pharmacy's open or not, right? Sure. And so... Um, you know, we, we see this where we see people will go to, you know, the closest pharmacy period when it comes to antibiotics. Sure. However, if you're taking something for the rest of your life, let's say you're taking uh, Synthroid, which is for uh, thyroid, where, you know, you're on it for the rest of your life. You know, sure. would you modify your behavior a little bit and, you know, go an extra quarter mile so that you could, you know, save what could end up being thousands of dollars a year? I think, sure. I think people will do that, right? Interesting. So it's really interesting to see behavior changes, yeah. Sure. So you guys also mentioned on your site you have a good RX for pets. What do you do for pets? Because a lot of people treat their <laughs> pets like children. Sure. Well, uh, I'll give you two answers, Ted. Uh, before I get to pets, okay. let's talk about people for a second. Okay, um, sure. You know, a lot of, the first thing that people always think is, you know, whenever I talk about good RX, I, I see when I'm in, like, fancier places where, you know, people go, they kind of pat me on the head, and they go, man, that's great for people who don't have insurance. But the reality is, again, is that people are underinsured, right? Uh, most sure. Americans these days are on these, I don't know if you've heard of these high deductible health plans where they have, they basically have to spend like five grand before they get any healthcare coverage. Wow. And so, uh, you know, basically, unless you end up in the hospital, you're kind of on your own, right? It's great. It's great for what they call catastrophic coverage. I mean, if you get to buy a car, sure. great. Good thing you have health insurance. But if you're just trying to live your life and stay healthy, yeah. you got nothing. And wow. so that's, that's a great category where people need a product like ours because otherwise, Still, people can't. You know, the average American has less than a thousand dollars in savings. So, when I tell you that I can take a drug from sixty dollars to you know fourteen, that's a real number. Right? Totally, it's a huge. Um, that's a huge savings. So, and then for pets, it's even worse because uh, I don't remember the current stat, but I saw a few years ago that I think one percent of pets actually have pet insurance. And I'm not an expert on pet insurance, but I'm sure it excludes all sorts of things too. And so if you have a pet and the pet is taking meds, you're often paying these, those crazy high prices that we talked about earlier, where it could be 200 bucks for something that should cost four. Sure. And so um, you'd be surprised how many people are first introduced to get RX through their pets when, you know, the doctor says your dog needs to, uh, whatever dogs take. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, you see this price in the pharmacy and you go, whoa, that's crazy. No, fair enough. I, I know it's, the, the thing that fascinated me about what you guys do for pets anyway is we actually have uh, pet insurance for our dog. And it's interesting because the deductible is $500, right? And so she had uh, macadamia nuts a couple of years ago, almost killed her. She had to go to the vet overnight, blah, blah, blah. We paid $500. The bill was thousands of dollars. And, you know, we, we luckily had insurance. But sure, like some of those prescriptions – are just as expensive, sometimes more or, or less than you would get for for a human being, right? And it, sometimes it's hard to justify that cost, right? And Or you don't have the cash. So I, I totally get 
what you guys are doing. And I think it makes sense that you cover kind of human and, and pets as well, right? Yeah, and you'd be surprised how many uh, human meds are actually used for pets as well. Now. Oh, really? Interesting. Um, so um, we have some discounts for like the flea and tick stuff, but this is more, you know, I think diabetes. Believe it or not, uh, you would be surprised how many pets are on Prozac. <laughs> so, really? Wow, um, interesting. Maybe it's just because I, I, I live in Los Angeles. Maybe that's unique to Los Angeles. Sure. But yeah. <laughs> so so <laughs> I'm curious to dive a little bit deeper. What's the difference between using goodrx.com in the browser compared to Android or iOS, or are they basically the same? Oh, I love that question. Um, so I uh, think that for the best, well, you asked before about the discount cards. Let me yeah. start there and just so I can understand. Sure. So what the discount card I'd say is the most primitive of solutions for a consumer because it, it fails to do two things. Okay. Number one is it doesn't tell you how much it's going to cost when you get to the pharmacy. And that is the worst, right? I, sure. It's that initial fear that I had when I started here, which is you're standing there and there's the person in the white coat and you don't know if it's going to be $4 or $4,000. Yeah. Right? And so, yeah. Interesting. And you don't want giving, to really want to drive around, right? You could spend all day driving around for the cheapest price and then picking one, right? Exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, step one is, can I give you information in advance of you showing up at the pharmacy? And so the discount card, again, it works. It's fine. If that's all you can handle and you don't have a smartphone or you just don't want to bother doing any research, take the discount card and, and, and try and use it. But understand that there may be better discounts because we're okay. always finding new discounts. And again, we have billions of prices and billions of discounts to get our X. So, um, you know, there may be a new one that's come along that might be lower than the one that you have on the card because the card will only give you access to one discount. Um, then the app is the best of all because obviously with the app, you can then, once you look up a, you know, once you look up a drug, we can actually kind of have that coupon front and center. So you literally fire up the app. You can show your phone directly to the pharmacist and they can uh, input that information and you can save instantly. So gotcha. I would say the app is the best experience of all um, just because, again, it's customized your phone. You know, remembers the the drugs you searched, so you you have it handy. Um, there's some really cool stuff we're working on, which I'll hope to share with the world in a, in a few months sure. uh, as well. But um, suffice say that I think the app is the best, which is why it's it's been the number one medical app for about I don't know six years now. So wow, that's um, great, man! Congrats on that. That's a yeah. huge deal, actually, and really hard to do. <laughs> like, forget about well, we what like you guys are doing, money. right? Like. Just getting that high up in, in the, the Play Store and the App Store is a huge accomplishment. Yeah, I mean, we, we and funny thing is, we don't do lots of promotion and stuff necessarily. We just try to save people money. And sure. I feel like when you give people a great value, especially something for free that doesn't ask for their personal information and all that, um, they reward you with loyalty. You know, they sure. stick around, they use the product, they tell their friends. Uh, we also have a lot of our businesses driven by physicians who. You know, doctors are, in my experience, amazing people who, you know, really want the patient to take the drug they prescribe. And, sure. when they, you know, they don't like it when a patient calls them up and says, what the hell, doc? You said it was going to be, you know, cheap, and it's not. And yeah, so doctors often integrate, they integrate good into their practice um, sure. so that um, you can have that discussion before you get to the pharmacy and make sure you're getting a solution you can afford. Right? Well, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, and you probably have the data to prove me right or wrong. But I know in the past when I've gotten a prescription for whatever it is, you would literally just pull up GoodRx, search the cheapest price, and potentially just hit that the cheapest pharmacy on your way home or back to the office or, or wherever that's around you, right? Because even within probably a 20-minute drive, which in certain cities is not a long time, you can probably, you're probably pretty close to the cheapest price. Is that fair to say? Do you have the data to prove my statement or what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I'd say yes and no. Okay. Um, again, I think, uh, no, I mean, you're right in the sense that um, there's probably a certain section of people that, that really want that lowest price and are willing to, uh, you know, transfer their prescription to the pharmacy of their choice, which transferring is actually not hard. Most Americans sure. think it's like, some crazy complicated thing. It really just requires the new pharmacist to call the old pharmacy and say, please send it over. I mean, yeah, it's, it it's really not that hard. <laughs> right. But um, what we see actually is that most people have a relationship with their pharmacy. They, okay. they, you know, they, they may like the pharmacist and staff. They like the store. They, it's easy parking, whatever the issue is. Sure. And so people are not necessarily trying to find the apps 
cheapest pharmacy 20 miles away from them. Sure. I think most people are looking for a fair price. Okay, uh, fair enough. Within either the pharmacy they go to or one that's you know nearby that they also like. Um, I definitely think more people go to more pharmacies now than they used to. It used to be you just had your local friendly druggist, and that was where you went. I think now people are willing to be a little more flexible. Sure. But I'd say not not as efficient as maybe you described, where they're just you know, oh, this pharmacy I've never heard of has the best price. I'm going to go over there now. I, okay. I think it's I think it's a combination of convenience and cost. Okay, sure. Well, even the screenshot on your 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 website. You have like Safeways ten seventy three, Walmart's twenty three ninety one, and then CVS is like twenty five oh two. And to your point, I guess like if you shop at Walmart or or sorry, if you shop at CVS and the Walmart's closer, you might be like, well, I'll stop at the Walmart to save a couple dollars, but the Safeway's too far away to save an extra ten bucks, but I'll I'll just save two dollars instead of ten, right? Like, is that what you're kind of getting at? Yeah, and there's also a lot of other, you know, people who um, use Interact tend to also shop more at that pharmacy. So oh, okay. you can obviously see a correlation. Sure. You know, people certainly go there to get their drug, but they might also go there to do their grocery shopping or pick up uh, Band-Aids or whatever other thing that they, they think they need. So I think it's a little more complex of a, of a thought process in most people's heads. Okay, But sure. that said, we're there for them because oftentimes they might just be looking for savings at the pharmacy they already go to where, again, their, their insurance uh, we could talk all day about the insurance formularies and all these other crazy restrictions insurance have where it just bails out. Okay. They love their local CVS or whatever it is, but um, suddenly they're at a price that is too high. And even CVS, by the way, doesn't want them to pay that price because they know they can't afford 250 bucks for something that should be five. Interesting. Okay. So I'm curious to know, how does GoodRx work with people on Medicare uh, and uh, the current kind of Obama healthcare system that you guys have sure. in place right now. Yeah, so it's interesting. When we got started, it was just when the ACA, Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, was coming sure. into uh, being. And, um, you know, we had all sorts of people pat us on the head and go, that's a cute little business you guys built there, but Obamacare is going to destroy it because everyone's going to have perfect insurance and no one will pay anything for anything. And it's all going to be rainbows and puppies, right? Sure. <laughs> and, um, obviously, that's that's not what came to pass. And you know, I think there's both good and bad things about uh, about the ACA. But um, what has happened is, is like I said, is coverage has gotten uh, uh, weaker um, in terms of the out-of-pocket cost for consumers. Um, we Medicare and Medicaid tend to have reasonably good coverage, okay. but there still are many circumstances where a drug is not covered by Medicare. Okay. Or again, you may have you may be in the donut hole, which is I don't know if you're familiar with how Medicare works, but there's a portion of time where you are responsible for a greater share of the cost. Um, you know, or there, there's also preferred pharmacy issues. Most I think at this point, almost 100% of Medicare plans give you a, a better price at one pharmacy and a worse price at another. And so Interesting. You, for whatever reason, if you can't get to you know uh, pharmacy X, you can go to pharmacy Y. You can use better X instead. And so. Okay. Um, and then the last thing, you know, I want to emphasize, GoodRx also lists thousands of uh, patient assistance programs. These are programs where a manufacturer says, hey, you know, we actually have a nonprofit to help people who can't afford these prescriptions. So we, we list all of those resources. Um, you know, we, 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 we also have all sorts of other types of savings tips. For example, you know, there are drugs where, like, let's say a drug, you know, some manufacturer comes out with a drug that's the exact same thing as some other drug, except they've added something to it, and now they're charging $20,000 instead of, you know, the, the old version of the drug, which is 12, right? And so sure. we, we show people, we show people kind of inside secrets that, that the industry knows uh, of when you shouldn't get the fancy new thing, you should work with the, uh, the old drug, which is just as good and one one hundredth the price. Sure. So I, I know we kind of touched on this a while ago, but I, I keep thinking about it in my head. Is there, in your experience, is there kind of a myth around I need to get the brand name drug compared to the generic drug? Are they really that similar? Are they quite different? Or do you have any thoughts around on that? I know you're not a doctor, but in your experience, is the generic drug just as good as the brand name kind of thing? Because I think some people are still hesitant yeah. with that. Uh, yeah, no, there's, there's certainly a debate about that. Okay. Um, first of all, by law, in I want to say most states, and maybe all states. Okay. Um, unless unless your doctor checks the box on your prescription that it's called dispense as written. Okay. That you will be you will be given a generic drug. So 
Um, okay. It's just important to clarify that that ninety percent of the drugs Americans fill here are are uh, generics, right? Okay. Sure. Um, and keep in mind that oftentimes the brand version will not be covered by your insurance. So if you are interesting. because your your insurance company is going to say, hey, we're only paying for that generic because it's the same thing as the brand. Right. So you're on your own if you make that decision to go brand. Okay. I think in in terms of actual differences between generic and brands, like you said, I'm not a doctor. Right. Um, in the vast majority of cases, um, I'm told that the generics are pretty much almost exactly the same as the brand, and, and not to the point where it, it shouldn't make a difference to anyone. There are a few examples. Sure. Um, I can think of, uh, for example, levothyroxine, which is a, a thyroid medication. Okay. I think in some cases, birth control, um, where you may find actually a significant, uh, a significant enough difference that it may make a difference in terms of side effects. Um, there's actually a classification that the FDA uses. I, I believe it's like class A and class B, uh, uh, differences, okay. the majority of the drugs being, being the ones that are basically the same. So I would say in short, not really big difference. I mean, most Americans say, Hey, I'm not going to pay an extra 200 bucks. It's pretty much the same thing. Sure. Um, if you have a concern about it, you should definitely ask your doctor because there are a few edge cases sure. where I think the generic and the brand may be somewhat different. No, that makes sense. And, and you're right. If the doctor wants you to have the brand name drug, they'll check it on your prescription, right? For whatever reason. No, that makes sense. I I thought it makes sense to touch on that because I've heard that before. It's like some people are willing to pay the premium for a drug by some big brand. And you're like, well, yeah, but do you actually need to spend that extra money, right? Because sometimes you're right. To your point, it could be a lot of money. Like if it's hundreds of dollars more, it, it could be. It's not worth it at all, right? It, well, I it shouldn't it, say that. It very, likely, yeah. it, it very likely is, and your insurance company very much will discourage you from doing that by charging more. Now, some of the manufacturers will then provide these things called copay cards to try to uh, reduce the pain of, of you buying the brand. But okay. assume that you're going to be paying a lot more. So I would definitely check with your doctor unless you... Unless you don't like money very much. <laughs> you just want, Fair enough. And you just want to so I, I want to touch on a couple other things that maybe seem a little bit old school, but I think some people still will do a lot. You guys offer the ability to print coupons off at home or kind of email or text message them. Do you want to elaborate on that? Yeah, I mean, we're trying to be wherever a consumer wants us. So... You know, look, if you're comfortable downloading apps, which obviously many millions of Americans are, sure. great. Download our app. It's the easiest way to use the product. If you can even just text a coupon to yourself, that's easy, too. Because remember, instead of printing it out, just, just show it to your pharmacist. Sure. I find for myself personally, you know, I run out of ink on my printer all the time. It might sure. be in the other room. I can't connect. I could give you a thousand reasons why printers don't work. Some people like to have a physical coupon in hand that they sure. can hand to a, to a pharmacist. So we'll make that available to people. Um, you can also email it to yourself. Again, you can have a physical card sent to you. Um, actually, with GoodRx Gold, we send you like a, you know, like a laminated card that feels like your insurance card. Cool. We're going to give it to you in whatever shape or form you want. The reality is, is there's basically just four numbers on there. It's all. It's the same thing with your insurance. Whenever you walk up to do a transaction at a pharmacy, they need four numbers from you. There, the, it's very complex uh, pharmacy speak, but basically, you, you give them those four numbers, you get the price that is that negotiated contract, and so. Um, we'll give it to a consumer in whatever shape or form. We've even done it through Alexa before. Oh, so. interesting. Very cool. <laughs> yeah, it's wild, right? Like, I, I would put my, my mom in this, this category. She loves printing stuff off, uh, but she also has, like, a Google Home at, at home, and she talks to that, right? So it's kind of like, you print certain <laughs> things off, which is a little bit dated, in my opinion. I don't mean it in, like, an offensive way. It's just in my opinion. But then you'll talk to, like, Google Home, which is – a super modern thing, right? So it's it, it's just preference, yeah. right? But you know, one of the one of the challenges we've had, but which is kind of interesting, is sometimes people will do that. They'll print it off. They'll put it up on their refrigerator. Okay. And they're not actually filling their drugs for another. Maybe they have a ninety day prescription, so they're not filling it for another eighty days. Okay. And now eighty days later, they grab it off their you know off their uh, refrigerator door and bring it to the pharmacy, but the price has changed. And now they go at us, and they're like, "Well, what happened? You know, no, why is it not seventeen forty two? It's sixteen ninety nine." It doesn't often change that much, but sure. And you know, well, we're like it's a piece of paper; it doesn't magically update itself. But, um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So you've mentioned throughout the show, GoodRx Gold. I want to dive a little bit deeper into that and cover all the benefits that people get for that. Sure. Um, so, 
gosh, maybe a year or two ago, um, we, again, we ask ourselves one question every day, which is how can we get more affordable prices for uh, American patients when they show up at the pharmacy? Sure. And um, we thought, okay, well, what, you know, we have very great relationships with pretty much every pharmacy out there because sure. they all, of course, want more business and they actually want people to see affordable prices. Sure. Um, and so we, we thought, okay, well, what if we went out to a select group of pharmacies and said, hey, look, you know, let's come up with a relationship with all of us and you. And if we send more people to, you know, a preferred set of pharmacies, can you give us a better price? You know, kind of negotiating with our users, you know, we'll send you more, more business if you give us a better price. Pretty simple business negotiation. And they said, right. great, let's do it. Okay, awesome. And so, um, yeah, and so with GoodRx Gold, we basically have incredible prices. Um, you know, I think, I'm trying to remember the last count because it moved around, but yeah, you know, there's hundreds of drugs that are less than a ten dollar copay, and it works just like your insurance. You just show up with either our app or with the card, and you present it, and you get incredible savings. There's other benefits too, and we're always adding new stuff to it. Um, but it's, uh, I think, it's a really great alternative, especially for a family who's taking multiple generic drugs. Which sure. that may sound obscure, but it's actually most Americans. <laughs> so, no, it's a huge deal, uh, actually. And so, yeah, it's just. Look, uh, to me, it's music to my ears when I can provide, you know, a family with literally, I think it's, you know, hundreds of dollars of savings a month, thousands of dollars a year, um, when you can buy all of your family's prescriptions for, you know, less than, you know, a few movie tickets. I think then we're heading in the right direction of the country. And yeah. so that's that's the idea of GoodRx Gold is just to provide even lower prices by sort of limiting it to a, uh, a subset of pharmacies who will give us a better deal in return for their business, right? No, totally. Well, and the other thing, too, I think people forget sometimes is if you're saving hundreds of dollars a month or a year, sorry, that's a family vacation potentially, right? Like you can move the obviously move that money into something else. And I I think people forget that sometimes that, you know, anytime you save money, you can basically put it into stuff that you enjoy doing or or material goods whatever that means to you right and i think people forget that sometimes like you save five dollars well, here ten dollars there it's that adds up over the months in a year well there's another angle to it also which is um as you're probably aware what was it just a month ago the government shut down yeah. and eight hundred thousand people were suddenly without a paycheck and so we actually turned off the the the, the subscription aspect of good Gold and gave it away free to any federal worker uh, and basically for the for three months, starting about a month ago, um, wow. we may be extending that, by the way, if, if the shutdown doesn't get resolved, it's supposed to come shorter. Um, because, again, we just like these are people who need help. I mean, sure. crazy. Imagine if you were working and not getting a paycheck. <laughs> so, yeah. so um, yeah, so we're, we're we'll do whatever it takes and we'll use great prices to help people who need it most. Sure. So we're, we're kind of coming to the end of the show, but. I don't want to give anything away, but what's next for GoodRx.com? Yeah, honestly, we uh, continue to do the same thing we started doing eight years ago, which okay. is we just want to focus on making healthcare both more affordable and also more convenient for every American. Sure. And you know, I think we've made some progress on the affordability thing. I think I think more and more Americans are aware that they have options. Okay. That that you know that that not every pharmacy is the same price, and that by shopping around a little bit, you can be a more empowered consumer who who can take more control of their healthcare budget. I think we're looking at a lot of other aspects of healthcare too. I mean, it's still kind of painful to get a prescription if you're you know if you work two jobs and you know don't have a lot of flexibility in the schedule and you can't get to the doctor. Maybe we can help you out there. If you um, you know uh, maybe helping out on the delivery side. Maybe helping out with the rest of healthcare. You know, prescription drugs is about 14% of the spend uh, in this country. Well, what about the other 86%? Can we can we help with doctor visits? Can we help with lab tests? You know, we really want to ultimately just make healthcare affordable in any shape or form for Americans. And um, we'll, we'll continue to do what we're doing in prescriptions and, and expand it out to other services so we can get there. Sure. It also looks like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, you guys are moving the site into other languages. You have Spanish, correct? We do, yep. So you're I'm assuming you're you'll potentially move it to other languages. Would you ever move it outside of America? 
That's it. Yeah, we've been asked that from time to time. First of all, fun thing about Spanish, I learned belatedly after naming the company GoodRx. Okay. Rx actually means nothing. It means nothing in Spanish. Interesting. <laughs> okay. Not, that doesn't translate in Spanish, so I apologize <laughs> to the Spanish speakers out there. Uh, we did not think of that when we started GoodRx. Um, uh, we are thinking about other countries. You know, we're sort of unique in this country in that we have this kind of wacky employer-sponsored healthcare system, right? Sure. Uh, most com- most countries are single-payer, which means the government is the only negotiating entity. Um, there are countries that have similar setups. Uh, the ones off the top of my head are Brazil, or I think the Philippines does. Okay. Um, here's a fun factory, though. Is everyone always asks, what about Canada? Yep. Um, what's funny about Canada, because you always hear about Americans going to Canada, Actually, generic drugs are often cheaper in the U.S. than they are in Canada. It's the brand drugs that people like to write about that may be cheaper in Canada. So um, it's sort of reversed sometimes of what people think, which is oftentimes it might be Canadians coming to the U.S. to save on their generic. Um, but again, if there's opportunities to save, we're, we're going to be there to show you. No, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. But uh, Doug, we're coming to the end. So Let's close with mentioning where people can get more information about you guys and any other links you want to mention. Yeah, uh, so it's just GoodRx. You can find it on the Android or iOS stores. We've got a five-star rating and we're the number one class. Otherwise, just go to GoodRx.com on your phone or on your uh, web browser and you'll find it super easy to use. There's no sign-ups, no forms, no paperwork. You literally just go in, type a name or drug, and start saving very cool, man. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time and your day to be on the show. And I look forward to keeping in touch with you and have a good rest of your day, man. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Please visit our website at buildingthefutureshow.com to join the free community, sign up for our newsletter, or to sponsor the show. The music is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future.